Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Ethan Huffman, as you all know, and this guy over here is Elkin Beltry. Now, Elkin, we're going to be talking about some free agency today, and we're going to try and steer away from the big names today. Um, who's the biggest name that you would like to see the Pacers go after this this um, offseason period? Um, it's a little interesting. Uh, as for those of you who have been keeping up with the news, you know, Thaddeus Young picked up his player option. So the Pacers kind of went from having close to 20 million and cast space being at about 12 million. I would have loved seeing them going for Aaron Gordon, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't mind a guy, honestly, like a Marcus Smart. Like I right. think defensively, if we can't get a wing player or even a guy like Aaron Gordon, I really want to get a Marcus Smart. Mm. Yeah. And we're gonna go we're gonna talk about a lot of um different ways the Pacers can go about spending their money and how they can look about acquiring talent. They're going to be the second team we talk about, but today we're going to start off with the Utah Jazz. I just wanted to hear your names, you know. <laughs> and with the Utah Jazz, what we're looking at here is basically a situation of what do you do? Do you run back with the roster you had last year um, by uh, extending your qualifying offer to Dante Axum to see what kind of offers he can get? Or you try to work out a, a team-friendly deal before he actually goes out and tests the waters. But he's a restricted free agent. And what do you do with Derek Favors? Now, he's a uh, unrestricted free agent, so he can go wherever he wants. Like You don't have any control over him. But do you offer him a, a nice deal to bring him back and continue him and, you know, him and Gobert splitting center minutes, but also, you know, him playing probably at least 12 minutes at, at the power forward alongside Gobert, trying to uh, utilize him as the, the minimalist way he can uh, spread the floor? Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, Elkin, what's your thought process with a guy like Derek Favors, Rudy O'Brien? I think we might agree that Dante Exum is worth think, keeping around just because of his potential. Yeah, and I mean, but, it, it kind of – here's the thing. It kind of sucks he had that ACL injury because I bet you that season would have pretty much given the Jazz a clear cut like, all right, we're pretty much not going to get in this guy. And I think they're kind of up in the air. Honestly, personally with Dante Exum – Maybe you're you're different than me on this. I I wouldn't be that active in trying to get a Dante Exum back. Oh, well, see, be- I look I look at him as someone I want to retain because I mm-hmm. think his defense potential is too high. Um, All right, fair enough. And he's six six, and he like. He's just missing the reps. I think. I, I think if he'd been playing all these years. He would have been, he'd be blossoming to a pretty nice guard right now, and, and maybe it's his health problems are the reason, but. If I'm if I'm the Jazz, I'm trying to retain him. Um, I just don't know who else in free agency I can get instead of him. Yeah, because I'm keep, looking. Keeping in mind, if you want to keep yeah. favors, you're not going to have cap space. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you keep favors, it goes your cap space. Because I'm looking at a Dante Exum. He's young, and that's why I said if you kind of knew what you had, but you just don't know what you had because you saw some of those series. You saw the Thunder series, and then of course with the Rocket series, almost when Dante Exum came off the bench. You put in a guy who he was good at pushing the ball. He was good at, I would say, getting on defense and then being able to grab the rebound and then just going. And sometimes he was out of control. I'll give you that. But you can see the athleticism where he was just that one guy. If you needed a spark, if you needed someone, he had the length to just get a decent shot up. And that's what I did like about it. And, of course, the length bothered a lot of the guys that he guarded. Who was he mainly guarding in the in the playoffs? He when he when he got in against Houston, he was getting the Harden assignment a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like he was the guy who came in and tried to take him. But I mean, I, 
I'm not worried about his defensive versatility personally. Like, I think he's the kind of guy who you can throw on almost anyone in the league mm-hmm. up to the th- when they're getting thicker toward in the four position mm-hmm. and so on. Um, he, he's got the length. He's got the mobility. It's just a matter of can you uh, can you trust him to run an offense? And if, if Donovan Mitchell is going to do that, can you trust him to hit a corner three and stretch out to above the break threes? And – I don't know. With a guy that's still so young, I I want to I want to keep taking that gamble as of now. Because mm-hmm. my worry is if they let go of him, like you said, who are they bringing in? Because obviously you have Rubio, and yeah, some and sometimes Mitchell takes over the point guard duties, but there's a chance. And if, I know for me, not a chance, but for me, I like it when Donovan Mitchell is still able to stay at a two guard. It's great that he uses the ball. I mean, he dribbles the ball, he handles that. But I would like a guy like that and. If you get an Exum to develop a nice corner three, because he seems like a guy would be capable of that. that but my think, question is, though, go ahead, sorry. I think what it comes down to is who can you get in the garden market to replace him? And that's and what I'm, I was looking at. I'm go looking ahead. at some of these players, and like Contavious Carl Pope is a is a two way guy, but I'd like to, I think, I don't know, I have no idea where he's going to be um, because he is more of a two guard. But if you're thinking, okay, Rubio plays point. Mitchell's our backup point guard conventionally, even though he's our starting shooting guard. Contavious mm-hmm. is a guy you can play even down to the three occasionally, and you can play him next to Rubio and next to Donovan. I think about an Isaiah Thomas, who's an interesting guy to bring in, who, who's who's looking on a prove-it deal. He's played in a system similar to um, what Quinn, uh, Quinn Snyder Snyder's got going yeah. on playing under – under um, Brad Stevens, but he's a defensive liability. I, can you hide him? I don't know about that. Um, and after that, like, it's it's a really thin. There's it's not really a lot of people guard. Like, Will Barton and, and Tyreek Evans are really the only other difference makers on this list unless you start dipping into other teams' gambles like Amario Hazonia. You know, Lance Stevenson would make sense defensively. But like, more I look or at, less, you don't have a surefire replacement that can bring you of, the, yeah. the potential upside with the um, like ability to still retain. Now you do have bird rights on um, favor. So if you sign him second, you can go over the cap. Go over the cap. So. so you know to a degree. But with, with that in mind, like fa- if favors like favors can go anywhere. Like you you don't want to be like hanging him out the dry. Like saying, oh, but we're trying to get we're trying to get Marazonia, or like we're trying. That's probably a good example. We're trying to get Tyree Evans for that cash. Just hang on, we're gonna get you. Because then all of a sudden, you he, he's gonna feel like you're trying to squeeze him. Saying, well, mm. well, now we we're gonna be over the cap. We don't want to get too close to luxury. Like all of a sudden, you're you know you're messing with his money by bringing in new people. Like it's it's gonna be a really delicate balance for them to strike here. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. And I was trying to I was looking down this list, just going through guards. <sighs> The only one for me that would be a viable, but I, even this guy I would think would be way too much. He would be asking way too much. Would be like a, never mind. He's no, we'll just say it because we, we want to hear the thought. Nah, he's restricted. He's practical. He's restricted, and I feel like it wouldn't be. They would have to throw up a big enough number. I was thinking of Marcus Smart, but they have to throw up a big enough number, and that would just probably ruin their entire plan. Right. Um. I think what would have to happen for any of these guys that are restricted, you'd have to come to a sign and trade agreement with these yeah. guys. So, like, if some team, like, if hypothetically the the Bucks wanted Alec Burks, which mm-hmm. wouldn't be a terrible fit, um, because he's he's a he's a slashing guard. Maybe they could do something with Jabari Parker, you know, Mormon background, send him out to Utah. Um, Alec Burks, 
you know, his $10 million, $11 million uh, going to the Bucks for Jabari Parker getting uh, 14 15 a year for four years. Maybe that's a way they can bring in different types of talent. Like trade machinations are all kinds of stuff, but they have so many guys who are good, solid contributors. Um, I don't know how that would happen. You know, Jonas Jerepko had experience playing for the Boston. Like maybe he's part of a thing you could send back to Boston for Marcus Smart. But, like, if, if you're going to go for Marcus Smart, like, I'm, I'm taking the bet on Dante Exum developing into what he yeah. is. Because I, I, I don't see that much of a difference in potential there. If And if anything, I think Exum has a higher upside, whereas Smart's just more of an already developed player. So then moving over to Derek Favors, the thing with Derek Favors for me is you're probably going to have to pay this guy more. He's He was at $11 million. How will of a fit? Because I was thinking of the minutes with him and Goldberg, and that's so that's hard. where I was. That's what I get to. I mean, you can play him in spurts, and spurts is really not that bad. And sometimes for me, I like seeing Favors as being the center. Oh, I love in, him in the small ball lineup because he can handle that position. He's a good rebounder. He's a physical guy. He I has a nice touch mid range. That's why for me, I'm like, maybe it'd be better for him to kind of go on and find a place where he can be a small boy. But maybe he wants to say a power forward. He says, I don't see in today's NBA, especially when the Jazz looks like they're going to be – I think the Jazz are going to make playoffs again next year. Mm-hmm. Depends how they round up the roster, but I don't see him getting far in the playoffs if they're going to have to play Gobert and favors a lot of minutes together. Yeah, and, and they got guys who can fill that power forward yeah. spot pretty easily. Jay Crowder probably shouldn't start there, but he can finish games there. Joe Ingles, I think, can play there all the time because yeah. he's, he's strong enough to take on any power forward in the league. You know, Shrepko and Thabo uh, Sevalosha are good contributors from the from the four spot. I, what I think what I'm trying to say is maybe you'd be better off to go throw a minimum salary at some center on the market or like a, a, a four a four five hybrid kind of guy. Or maybe you try to trade in a younger player to kind of develop to where he can – a guy who can play next to uh, – Gobert, maybe like a Scalabissier is a guy you could should look to Ooh. go after because he could be a star. He could be a backup center and also play the four sparingly. Like if you're talking about to start the game and to start the third quarter, you're talking about six minutes there, twelve minutes for a game. You know, maybe that's the kind of that's kind of the role Favors was playing anyway. Like he was starting mm-hmm. at the power forward, but then he was playing center the rest of the game. And I think with that in mind, like unless he just wants to be a power forward and wants to be in Utah, I'm looking to move on from Favors for the simple fact that I hope in a way I'm hoping he can do something better with his career. Personally, right. I love Derek Favors. I want him to be a center. And I, I, I mean, personally, I don't have him than Gobert, which is a super stupid hot take, but like, I think I could get him at a cheaper contract. And I think he's more fluid and more versatile, even if not as good of a peak defender for an A two game season. I think Gobert is highly more valuable, but for a seven game playoff series, I think favors might be. It might be stupid. I might be proved very wrong very shortly. No, I, mean, I, I understand what you mean. It's, I just think of current – I see what happens when Gobert goes against these teams, the high-caliber teams that can spread the floor. There's nowhere for him to play. That's really and that's, that's the problem. Those teams figure out, go ahead. We're going to put up five shooters out there. Where is he going to go? And his main strength is taken away because he's not going to be in the lane or close by. And, you know, if Gobert develops into be, being really good at finishing around the rim, like, I'm ta- I mean, he's already good. Like, he's really good at that. But he's got to be, you know, almost like touching some shack levels if he's playing against smaller centers. Like, if, if P.J. Tucker's the center, you Gobert's got to look like Shaq out there at that point. 
like for me, I, I view it as like, look at Capella's finishing skills compared to Gobert. Like for me, Capella is ahead mm-hmm. in that department. That's why you see Capella stay out in those Warriors lineup. I don't think the Rockets could have gotten the lead in that series, maintained some of those leads without Capella out on the floor. Yeah, like because he, he punished, he punished the Warriors. Capella might not be a forty-minute guy against Warriors, but he's yeah. going to be a thirty-minute, and those minutes are going to be either a neutral or a positive. Whereas that's I think the longer Gobert plays against the Warriors, the more the more and more likely it is that he's nothing um, on the pot. Like he, he's he's not going to be a, a direct negative, but it's the thing is we're parsing we're parsing things. Like he's still really good, and for eighty-two games yeah. a season, he's he's a killer. But man, you go against the elite elite, and if he can't move his feet on the perimeter, you're losing a battle. Anyway, I th- I think we have I kind of just want favors to move on. I'm not sure you can really replace them particularly easily, but yeah, that's my dream is that they they're able to maybe bring in someone that's more, you know, more of a, like a three a, a four that can also play five, but is mo- mainly a four. Like I think Jabari Parker makes a lot of sense. Um, if you could try try to work out a trade with him. I think Julius yeah. Randle even makes a lot of sense, but the thing is that the, the Lakers aren't interested in taking taking on salary there. So nope, they that those spots. That's where that kind of falls off. Other than that, like you're talking about, like Irshan Ilyasova's, Mike Scotts, guys that can go in there and throw in throwing some shots. But at, what what are you doing with those signings? Like I like Mike Scott a lot, but yeah, I I just hope for favor's sake he moves on. That's just mm-hmm. me. But Exum, I, I try to keep him around. All right. I think we spent way longer on the Jazz than we made. All right. Well, let's go that's, on to the next one. That's, that's Hero Ball podcast at its best. We all we, we get stuck on a topic. All right. So we're going to go to the Indiana Pacers. Now, we were originally thinking about this team as a guy's uh, – Fatty Young apparently was thinking about opting out of his contract, and that was going to open up a lot of money, up at the, upwards of like 20, 20 million, 24 million, something like that. Um, so what's working out now is Richard uh, – Dan. Elkin, um, you guys have twelve million dollars in practical cap space. You know, depending on how um, some of these cap holds work out. Um, Glenn Robinson the third's a free agent. He's a guy I I have a lot of interest in retaining if I'm you guys. But you have bird rights on him, so you can use all that twelve million and still bring him back. You have bird rights on Lance Stevenson. People forget that you can still br- or no, you don't have bird rights on him, but you can still bring him back yeah. at a below market deal. Um. Like what he what what he what you guys gave up on him? I guess the question is, you know, maybe Aaron Gordon's out of play unless you package him with a Corey Joseph and a sign and trade. Like these sign and trades are going to be harder and harder to do just because the salaries don't match up perfectly. But if you can't do an Aaron Gordon for all that cap space, it, we mentioned Marcus Smart. Do you think at twelve per Marcus Smart is an option to bring in? I'm trying to think. So most likely, Pacers are going to cut. Will probably not pick up the team option on Joseph Young. Yeah, he's gone, though. He's pretty much gone. So you have a Darren Collinson, Marcus Smart, and then an Aaron Holiday rotation. There, Marcus Smart can play the two as well. Mm-hmm. Like I want to get a Marcus Smart type of player. It's just for twelve million. That's that's looking about the lowest I think he would yeah, accept. Yeah, and that's the problem. There's does- no way he's gonna go lower. Right, and if if he's getting a low like a low ball deal like that, like I'm not saying that's a bad offer, like that might be exactly what his value is, but he might at that point be like, well, I'll just take my qualifying offer with the Celtics, 
come back in 2019 when just a few more teams have cap space and try my look again. And I think the Celtics would be happy if he did that. Yeah, it's just – I think the Pacers are going to try to find a way to do a trade. I, I know, like, what's been going on in local media, say the Pacers are gearing up to go for – a Tyreek Evans or a Willie Barton. I'm just like, no, I, a Tyreek Evans. Yeah. Tyreek Evans had like a resurgent season with Memphis. I still don't want none of Tyreek Evans. And then Willie Barton coming off the bench. I can't, I really can't disagree with what he brought to Denver off the bench, but. That's a that's, completely different type of team. That's the issue, man. Like right now, like a lot of local media is Panthers are focused on bringing in a swing guy. Like, you and I are talking about Marcus Smart, and we've been barely brushed by and Aaron Gordon, but those aren't even apparently not on the radar. And then today the Aaron Gordon news came out, but then this was before Thaddeus Young, but the Pacers have shown that interest. And I got an idea for you that doesn't involve super long-term commitments and still brings you a swing player. You, want to, you would like to hear. Um, it would be trading – Corey Joseph, mm-hmm. maybe Al Jefferson. Now, these are expiring deals, so it's not necessarily exactly what you want, but you can retain your cap space by doing this. Trading those two players for Kent Bazemore in Atlanta, maybe attaching a couple second-round picks for that. So what you're doing in this trade is you're bringing in a new blood, like a better, more versatile player than either of those guys. You're sending them to a team that has no interest in competing. Well, they could They could cut those guys day one if they want to. Because they're expiring, it's just going to be sitting on the books, so they don't they're at, they're at the salary floor. But Ken Bazemore could provide some of the stuff you're getting from Barton, some of the stuff you're getting from Tyreek at a lower level, more money per year. But you're basically sliding off. You're just extending. It's basically like you're extending the contracts of Joseph and Jefferson one more season and adding versatility. I just want to know <laughs> how how do you feel about that kind of idea? Because I think Bazemore would be readily available, especially to the for the Hawks. Like, oh, yeah, we'll take two expiring contracts. We could maybe even send them out again to bring on a bigger contract and get better picks. Did you hear um, about the possible draft trade that the Pacers had that included Kent Bazemore? I did not. This was, so this was this has been discussed in, like, a little bit at least then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking it up. Sorry, I'm looking up the the draft order real quick. Like I, I forgot it off the top of my head. Uh, oh, well, while you're looking that up, though, like the reason I think this would be work because then you still have your your twelve million dollars, and you basically mm-hmm. just used, like we talked, um, we talked about them using uh, Corey Joseph to go to get Aaron Gordon. So you, instead of you know getting Aaron Gordon, which is more of a pipe dream, you're you're moving on and grabbing a different guy who's useful to you he's gonna have one more year on his contract but you're still gonna have Thaddeus Young expiring at the end of next year so like you're gonna be getting some of that money back it's just matter if you want baseball on your team but I, I don't think you should be looking at Tyreek Evans and um, Barton because they're gonna be wanting three and four year deals I think those commitments are a little risky mm-hmm. yeah so what it was the Pacers were Looking at trading, essentially for Kent Bazemore, the 19th pick, and the Hawks were trying to get, kind of like how you said, I think it was Corey Joseph in return, anticipation of getting rid of Schroeder, and then one other player. And that was that was the deal right there. And I don't know if I don't know if I would have taken that for the 19th pick. No, I wouldn't for the pick. But, but you might be able to do that now because all these players, like now that all those picks have been made, like. 
I, I still think the Hawks would be down to do that if it's Al Jefferson, Corey Joseph, two expiring guys. They could probably move on from during the season, it like to bring on bad money if they want to get other picks. Like I think those contracts have some value to the Hawks, where they don't have much value to the Pacers. And in the interest of maybe still going after Marcus Smart, by, but also bringing on Bazemore, I like it a lot. Not to mention, like, Boyan and Thad are free agents after this year. Like, you're still going to have that $23 million roughly to, to think about, but Miles Turner is coming up for a new contract. You know, like, it's, it's just all about managing your cap, and I think the Bazemore extra year is not detrimental, whereas the Evans and Barton extra two or three years – you know, it might look bad. You don't know. Yeah. Like those guys are guys who have not necessarily had the most consistent. You know, they're not like a beep, beep, beep. Like they're up and down a little bit in their career. So I, I. That's the thing. Like I I'd rather go ahead only one more season. Yeah, I would rather just go ahead and spend spend that cap money on a market smart. If we're like at the pace of looking at those two guys, like I don't want to bring, especially with the locker room that they have now, the mentality they have now, what they want to do. Marcus Smart will fit in better than those other guys. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I, I really like this Baysmore trade because, like, he, he, he doesn't hurt your cap space other than, like, next year. Yeah. But I think he, it overall keeps you from making a mistake this season. Like, he, he gives you a versatile player. He, he's a guy you can throw at some of the better twos and threes in the league, and he's a get-in-the-way guy. Like, you know, he, he played for the Hawks last year. We didn't get to see his best stuff. Anyway, I, I like that trade, and I definitely want Marcus Smart coming to this team. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you tie TJ Leaf in that trade, send him down to Atlanta. Um, maybe you get an extra two couple million to uh, to man. play with uh, Marcus Smart. Don't get me started on TJ Leaf too, man. No, we don't. We don't want to, man. TJ Leaf brings to. back a bad taste in my mouth. Do you know? I really. Mm. I think I think what Elkin's trying to say is he'd like to see me getting TJ Leaf's minutes. Yeah, and you could you definitely see how much the the Pacers use them. You know who we could have used? OG. That's who we could have used. Ooh. And it would have made the Indiana fans so happy. And you know, you see what type of player OG's developing into. Yeah. He could have been our wing guy, defense and threes. Cutting cut Lance would make even more sense now. Yep. But you know what? You know how it is, Ethan. You know the Pacers picks. You know who we like. Right. <laughs> All right. Dallas Mavericks. We know they like Luka Doncic. Yeah, and they definitely. have a lot of space uh, coming up. 26. Oh, well, actually, 31 in um, Spotrack's practical cap space. I had them at like 26 when I was doing some personal calculations, I feel like. Um, anyway, they're a team that has some established like players that are going to be on this team with Dennis Smith. You have – oh, I think it was Dirk um, opting opting out would be the extra $5 million in cap space. I think yeah. I think that's where they got that number. But between Barnes, uh, Doncic, and Smith, you got some nice little cornerstones here. Um, a center is a position of need. We talked about their options with DeAndre Jordan, DeMarcus Cousins, and um, I can't remember who else we mentioned at this point. Kun Capella. Capella. I, I, I just don't think he's getting away from the Houston, so I kind of already want to yeah. eliminate just, him. The but only we, way – the only way that happens is if you have a major free agent like LeBron, go to Houston, and then Dallas puts an offer that Houston can't match. Mm. So I guess my question is, like, who, do you have any um, center options that you think are flying under the radar for like Houston or for uh, Dallas? Honestly, the only thing is I don't – the rumor I keep hearing is trying to figure out a package for DeAndre Jordan because we know the Clippers wants – DeAndre Jordan is most likely going to opt in because that's a lot of money. 
And I don't see anywhere that he can say no to that, to that final year of the contract. And then the Clippers want to get rid of him. It's a, if I'm the Mavericks, that's not the type of center I want with the team that I have. I mean, I can I can see Luca being the type of player that will make it work because he's yeah he's good at the pick and roll, but I'd rather have a center. And I like the idea that you brought up for the Mavericks as far as which center would be good to them to focus on. And you and I talked about it off pod where uh, Demarcus Cousin, if they just go ahead and let's go all in on this guy, that's not something I would see hurting the Mavericks. Who was it? Demarcus Cousins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was making sure I was following your wavelength. Yeah, Demarcus Cousins, I think, is a perfect fit. You look at the way he was able to operate in the high post with AD and um, the Pelican system. I think he, if you get him in with a young Luka Doncic, like, it's a good way to, like, take off some of the ball handling pressures. Like, he's going to have the ball in the half court some. That way, Smith and Doncic can, can move off ball a little bit. Learn some more of the subtleties of the NBA game and not a ball handler role. I think that could be really nice for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a perfect fit. I don't know what the dollar amount comes to for a guy like Boogie, but I think you can ease him in to a system with Rick Carlisle, with Doncic and Smith, with Dirk um, kind of leading the way to help everyone mesh together. I just think it makes more sense. And with, with Doncic and Smith as being your more athletic um, penetrators, Harrison Barnes even with the, at the athletic uh, athletic genes, you don't have to get make Boogie do anything super athletic, yep. explosive coming off that Achilles. You can let him kind of sit there and relax. And then you have Wesley Matthews as a catch-and-shoot guy. You got uh, J.J. Barea who can still, like, you know, manage the game in that point guard role. You, you have a lot of options here. I think he makes the most sense. I think he'd be the best fit. But the guy I was actually trying to prod out of you in the earlier thing was getting one Brooke Lopez name mentioned here. Mm. As You know, he's he's not a mobile center. He's not a defensive center. But this team hasn't had a defensive center since they decided to trade Tyson Chandler post-championship to New York. And with that in mind, I think Brooke Lopez makes sense for this team as a, 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 a seven-foot shooting big man whose usage rate does not have to be super high. He can catch and shoot from three with Smith and um, Doncic making plays. And he can also get grab a couple post-ups from time to time. He's kind of like a guy you just don't want to run your offense through, but you can always you can dump it to him from time to time. I think he makes a lot of sense for a young, growing team that probably doesn't have anything higher than eighth or seventh seed aspirations this year. I think that would be the – like absolute peak of this team would be a seventh or eighth seed this season. And yeah. I don't think it's – and you're probably able to get him lower than his value. That's what I'm thinking too with the with the Brook Lopez, the value that he had before. I think you can bring him in and still have a little bit of space to do something, bringing a right. quality bench guy or maybe, or a role maybe, player. Maybe this is a team that should consider an Aaron Gordon. Um, I mean, you you kind of think Harrison Barnes transitions to playing a lot of four, but Aaron Gordon, you know, like in the right lineups, he's just he's more athletic than PJ Tucker, just as good a shooter, if not better. Why can't he play some small ball? Center? Like all of a sudden, you're looking at a bunch of different options. Jabari Parker, if he if he doesn't have like an attitude uh, mess up with Rick Carlo, he's another guy you could throw a restricted offer to prior to like agreeing to terms with some of the um, like some of the guys you would just bring back from your old roster, like a Doug Dermott or uh, Doug McDermott and Aaron Hare. Like I think you you take some swings of these uh, restricted free agents knowing that you're not necessarily killed by them. But I had one other center thought for you, and I want you to tell me what you think. Hit me. Um, 
if you're if you're looking if you thought about DeAndre Jordan as a center option, why is Hassan Whiteside not in your thoughts? Just just as an idea, if you could trade Matthews with Hassan, you're still leaving yourself open to that cap, so you can go after one of these restricted free agents or or an unrestricted free agent. You bring in your plotting center like DeAndre Jordan, but you get a hopefully newly motivated Hassan in a new location. Guys who you wanted him two years ago from Miami, Miami would be happy to do that trade for nothing else because they'd be getting the salary cap relief. Like that'd be $5 million that he could then bring back Wayne Ellington. That'd make the Heat a lot very happy. I think it's, a, it's something to consider when, especially like if I'm, if I'm the Mavericks, I'm like, I'm not trading for DeAndre and I'm also not paying him $24 million. That's so, what they like. I really, I'm in, I'm in a tough spot at, trying to get DeAndre Jordan. At the end, for me, I don't want what I'm hearing from my point of view is I keep hearing all this talk about Clippers and Mavericks engaged and Mavericks. We're not looking for a center. I don't want the Mavericks to end up with DeAndre Jordan. That's where I'm at. I'm fine with another center on the market. It's just I've I've never really liked DeAndre Jordan's game that much. I'll admit it. I know it make, might make me a hater, but I see guys like. And I know I keep bringing him up, but like a Clint Capella pretty much took the game that DeAndre Jordan tried to do. Defense, pick and rolls, just run to the rim, and is doing a lot better job than DeAndre Jordan has done in his career. That's I just think if you want DeAndre Jordan and you, if he's going to opt into his $24 million, mm-hmm. I mean, I know Hassan's another an extra year of that contract, but I take a gamble on Hassan coming back to his – his brain and playing like he was when he was trying to earn that contract. Yeah. But we're just saying, all right, we're going to take the aging center that has shown he can't keep up with Gordon Hayward on the perimeter. And Gordon Hayward's a great player, but like, you don't think of him as just blowing past people, you know, like I just remember, he's, you remember that, that play where he's like, I got you unlocked or whatever. And Gordon Hayward's like, Oh no, you don't, sir. And it was just <laughs> funny. It was just funny to see. Now, it's, same thing can happen to Hassan, no doubt. But I mean, I'm, 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 Gambling on Hassan's potential versus there's no you know exactly what you're going to get out of DeAndre Jordan. You're not going to get yeah. any more than you expect. And with that, I'm done with Dallas. But this is another sneaky favor spot. You can maybe get favors in another guy. If favors Ooh. was this team's center, I would love it. Oh, I don't mind a favors. I've talked about favors and how good I think he could yeah. be as a center. Um, I would love to see him come to Dallas, but I'm not going to dwell on it too long because we've already talked about how good we think he can be in a seven game series format. But yeah, Derek favors to Dallas. I would really, really like that. Ooh, I, I do oh. like that one. You had me there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I Go love ahead. it too. Last team we're going to talk about, and it's the 76ers. But listeners, I know we, we want to talk about LeBron. We want to talk about Paul George. We want to talk about Kawhi. But frankly, we're, we already don't have the sources to say we think any of those guys are going anywhere. We just don't know. Like, that leave that to Brian Windhorse, um, Shams, and Woj. We don't want to be a Stephen A. Smith saying LeBron has spoken to Kevin Durant about teaming up. Although I have an interesting take about that that maybe I should get off my chest. I, I'm, I'm going to do it, Elkin. Do it. If, Kevin, if Kevin Durant wants to be recognized as one of the greatest of all times, how, how it would be a better way to do it than teaming up with the, the goat of the generation and saying, hey, guys, look at this. I'm better than him now playing like the side of LeBron James and being the best player on the team. If you wanted to make an argument for a best of a generation, you wanted to start chipping away at LeBron's pedigree, 
go ahead and play with him and show everyone how much better you are than him. But do you see do you see LeBron actually doing that and calling a, a Kevin Durant? I think LeBron see, would never see himself, like, getting caught by anyone he plays with. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, like, he, he might – well, he would welcome on Kevin Durant saying, yeah, you're my you're my super sidekick now. But if you're Durant, you're like, aha, I have my inroad now. If I play better than LeBron, someday down the road, I can be like, well, what do you mean LeBron's better than me? Did you see me drag him to a championship with the Lakers? I got to tweet this, though, get it dated, because that's my that was my take from a month ago, and I was sitting on it. Anyway. Yeah. That, that's all we're talking about, those guys. No more talk about the Stars. All right, Philly. Let's go back to Philly. Sixers whiff on all those big names. Maybe not even whiff. It's, it's, it's just – it was a hard thing to do. They have $30 million in practical cap space, and that's not including bringing back one J.J. Redick. Now, Amir Johnson, gone. No use for him. Uh, Bono and Yosova, I consider them at the minimum because they're shooters. But I don't want them to eat up all my cap space. True. Who are we looking at that can you can add to this team that you're not signing for super long term? Because obviously Ben Simmons is going to get need paid. Uh, you don't know what Marco Fultz is going to be. Dario Sarch is going to need paid at some point. Who are we looking at bringing in that's available right now that can help this team for the next two years? Are we going unrestricted or restricted? I don't care. They have thirty million dollars. They have they have the luxury of few teams that they can offer the biggest deal. So if they want to go restricted free agency, I think some of the UFAs will still be available because they're like, hey, well, maybe like the Sixers are still going to offer me something. I would want to bring a wing guy like a – this might be a bad take. I would bring in a wing guy like a Trevor Ariza, like a $10 million a year. Mm, I if, like I get a lot. Him, if I can get him at $10 million a year, obviously he's, he's 32 going on 33, but you have a guy who brings three-point shooting defense, and I feel like – they need to bolster that position. I mean, you have Robert Covington as one of their main wing guys. After that, who do you have on the wing, really, for Philadelphia? Um, you don't. It's, it's been Simmons in terms of vers- defensive versatility. But yeah, and, we look at him as a point guard and a power forward more than anything else. Yeah, and that's the thing where I'm thinking of. I'm like, like yeah. And then you have technically Dario Saric is listed as small forward, but he's a power forward, if we're being he, serious. He, he's a straight forward in terms and, of positional stuff. And honestly, it works out great for him because he can stretch the floor. His yeah. ability to handle the ball is great. So that's how that's what I was looking at. Uh, one, I almost start. I was looking at the list of unrestricted free agents. I almost said Rudy Gay because he was the small forward that popped next to Trevor. Mm-hmm. I like him. But, but he's he's not he's not. I don't think he's for this team. A restricted free agent. I would love. I wouldn't mind for them to bring in a Jabari Parker type of player. Ooh, I I think that's too duplicative. Yeah, I know. That's basically a, a little more athletic Sarge with no passing ability. I know, and that's that's just my, but Trevor Reza currently is my pick right now. I think I think you hit that around the nose. I'd like to see something like a two, both these guys get two year deals. You bring back Reddick on a two year deal. You don't mm-hmm. you're not paying him the twenty three million he got last year. Saying all right, JJ, that was your year. We're gonna try and bring in Ariza here for a little bit of extra money. If if and if he doesn't want that, maybe you try to get Contavious Caldwell Pope and Ariza. Yeah. Splitting splitting that thirty million basically right down the down the middle. Um, I think that those are the two guys I look at the most that fit in this team. Um, if you if you have to if you can only get one of them, then you look at JJ Redick obviously coming back. Wayne Ellington yeah. I think is a perfect fit for this team. He could go right into the JJ Redick role. Um, I think of Seth Curry as a a nice fit. He's come back. He's he's apparently coming back and going to be pretty healthy. 
I like yeah. him getting point guard minutes, um, like at least size wise, and he him being such a good catch and shoot guy for Ben Simmons. Basically, uh, I'm taking gambles on shooting and then three and D wings. Um, and that's and that's what I'm looking. At. Here's the thing, though. I know he's not a wing player. Back he's a backcourt player. One Avery Bad Bradley. What is the market on him? Because it seems like he's taking a dive the last season and a half. Yeah, I mean, he makes a lot of sense for the Sixers because of his ability to guard opposing point guards if he's healthy. But he has he was he had a horrible health season last year. Mm. Okay, and I think that's why his his uh, value has dropped so much. That's what I, I'm sorry. I was just thinking. I was just thinking about about him. And where do you where do you see them bringing up uh, some TLC? Are they going to bring, keep bringing him up, or I mean, I think T- he's still under contract, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's so. under contract, but I, I just don't know. Yeah, I like think I you got to keep trying to give him minutes, especially yeah. if this team's going to be a better. Like this is not going to be a surprise playoff team next year. So if anything, you should be able to work him into the rotation a little bit more in some of the minutes that you're you're actually able to give away now. If if that's how bad he is. Um, but you gotta you gotta try to get him minutes. I think also the last guy I want to mention would be Glenn Robinson the third. He, he 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 fits the mold. I, I hope he goes back to the Pacers, but he fits the mold of a uh, a, a three and D two three that he he fits that role. And um, you know, he I don't think he needs the ball in his hands at all because he's not a particularly dynamic scorer in that way. Yeah, but, but still he, he can spread the floor. He can play defense, athletic. If, if if the Sixers come away with, like, not talking to the Stars, because obviously Paul George is the perfect fit for this team. We yep. get it. Mm-hmm. If they don't come away with the Star, I think the guy the guy they should need, want the most is Ariza. Next, Caldwell Pope. After that, J.J. Redick back. I mean, J.J. Redick and Pope are basically washed because Redick's already been there a year. And then mm-hmm. I'm thinking Glenn Robinson III fits nicely into the next next slot there. I really like the idea of bringing him on. And the only other piece I think they need – is like, um, like a minimum center that's a little bit thicker than Rashad Holmes because I, th- I think they just need someone that can actually back up Joel Embiid, and I'm thinking maybe if Alex Lynn wanted to come try to fill that role, you give him a, a just minimum deal to hey, you want to come here for a year, back up jo- Joel Embiid, see if you can learn a thing or two from him. I think that'd be a fair, a fair negotiation. Hmm. Alex Lynn, yeah. he's such so athletic. If if he maybe if you get him with a guy who also is athletic, maybe he can learn a thing or two from him. Bring back Nerlens, free the Neural. Oh, bring back man. Well, that's I'm, never gonna happen. I am done with the seventy sixers, and I think Danilkin, we are done with this podcast. So so that's it, fellas. Those are four. Really interesting teams that we well, really interesting teams for us too. Anyway, we're gonna call, gonna call up Richard here in a little bit, and we're gonna see if there's anyone he yeah. finds interesting. Elkin, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate that we got to work in your Homer Pacers without directly talking about it. They they're an interesting team this 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 offseason, buddy, with how much Victor Oladipo improved and the point guards situation that they have on their hands. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's one of those things where if the Pacers wouldn't have had, a, I would say, a strong season as they did, probably talking about this free agency a lot different and seeing them make a bigger move. But now where you have them kind of doing this whole like, oh, we're actually doing something. Now we see we're moving. But here's the thing I'm worried about. I just hope 
that's why, Ethan, I keep thinking about those players who are doing the sign, and Kevin Pritchard's going to be like, all right, this is bringing anybody to get to the next step. But I'm hoping he learned his lesson where he kind of knows we need to bring guys to fit the culture. And yeah. hopefully they make me proud. I hope no matter what, they they get Lance Stevenson back. If, if it's a minimum, if it's whatever cap space they had left for him, I want him back on this team just because Lance Stevenson needs to be in the league. Even if I'm not a big fan of his or a supporter of him because he went to Cincinnati and then he blew in LeBron's ear, we need Lance Stevenson in the league for hijinks and hijinks mm-hmm. purposes only. Oh, man. I'll tell you this. Lance Stevenson – Affect that home though. It's so the way he plays in front of that crowd is great, but everywhere else he is just an average player. The some are saying though the Pacers are just trying to bring him back at a lower value than I think it was like four million they were paying him. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just important for them to have as much money to throw at whatever their free agent for the next th- uh, two to, f- to five years, like player that they want to build around. You got to have that money for the building blocks. And even though Lance Stevenson is a fan favorite and a good player, like a you know an eighth ninth man for a championship team level kind of guy, you you know he might be the sixth man for the Pacers, but you can't value a sixth man for the Pacers given where they aspire to be with a young guy like Victor Oladipo and a developing big like Miles Turner. He, he's not your sixth man on a championship team for this team. You bring him back at the minimum or like two million dollars. All of a sudden, he's fitting that salary block for that eighth or ninth man, all of a sudden he's a value again. But, I mean, $4 million, it's not a, it's not going to hurt you, but yeah. you got to have the cap space to bring in the guys who are going to contribute. And I think that's where we're at, and that's where we need to leave it. All right. I'm good with it. All right, buddy. Appreciate your time. I'll see you later. All right. All right. And now we're back with Richard Davison. Richard, we're going to talk about the Lakers, Warriors, um, some various other things you might want to bring up. And just to remind the listeners, we're not going to cover Paul George, LeBron, and Kawhi. Those guys, you know, they got pretty – we think – we've already said what we think. Paul George makes a lot of sense for the Sixers and how he would fit there. LeBron in L.A. makes sense if Kawhi or Paul George are there. Those decisions are in front of them, but – for what's worth, like I don't think we can have a real quantitative discussion that gets us any closer to knowing what's going to actually happen. So we're going to focus on some more niche moves, maybe what the Lakers do if they don't acquire those guys. So with that in mind, Richard, welcome. And Lakers, buddy, uh, this is a team you wanted to talk about. Go shoot for the moon. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they, like you mentioned, you know, they're in deep talks with uh, Kawhi Leonard. Like, San Antonio, like as far as a trade, Obviously, they'd like to get Paul George and LeBron's. So that that would be like what they would like to do. But let's assume for a moment that they get none of those guys. Um, like for whatever reason, they can't swing it with San Antonio and uh, Paul George with his like three part documentary decides to go back to OKC or or Philly or you know whatever. And LeBron says, "Let me just stay one more year in Cleveland." So at that point, the Lakers have what, like sixty million dollars in available, you know, spots in free agency. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the question is, okay, well, what do they do with all of that money? I'll tell you. Uh, what I don't want to do is I don't want to sign, in, you know, the next Timothy Mozgov. So oh, let's just let's just go ahead and avoid avoid that. Uh, obviously, the, what they're going to try to do is basically just go one year deals. Um, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
you'd go with some one-on-ones with team options, but basically everything would have to be a one-year deal at that point. And, you know, just looking at who might be some of the guys that they would go after. Um, what, what One option that they could do is say, you know what, let's just go ahead and take our entire team from last year and just re-up everybody like at the same like monetary rate. So like KCP would be, you know, let's go ahead and get him back for 18 million just again. And, you know, bring bring back Isaiah Thomas at, you know, some sort of level, you know, give him one year for more money than he's going to get elsewhere. Uh, I mean, you, you could go that route, but I mean, is there anything else you th- I mean, would you was that what you would do, Ethan, if if that was I mean, if you don't get any of these big guys? Yeah. And I'd also looked at it other three and D types to see what they might want in terms of one year contracts. You know, Trevor Ariza would make some sense to offer him a deal. Like, you know, some, some people you could maybe send like the JJ Reddick goodwill type stuff to like, Hey, you know, you stick around. If we bring in these big guys next year, we can still get you in another deal. Maybe not quite as lucrative, but you're going to be in a winning situation. We're going to overpay you this year, set some goodwill um, up for the following season. And like Trevor Reza would make sense. He's, he's a LA guy like that. Would, he would make sense as a, a target for, for this team. Um, you could say the same thing about it. maybe an Avery Bradley would make a lot of sense as like a point guard role next to LeBron. Like, I think you could do the same thing um, with a lot of different players, but yeah, you don't want to ex- extend anyone beyond one year for the simple fact that LeBron could be very well be a free agent again next year. Uh, same with um, plenty of people, you know, all, all these, these players that are at the top, at the top of their game, if they're not eligible for super maxes, there's no, there's no incentive for them to not just do one by ones. Cause most of them are going to, even if they have some injury problems are going to warrant a max contract. Yeah. What I would do if I, if I were them, like the type of players I'd focus on, I wouldn't necessarily like re up it. I mean, you could go Isaiah Thomas, but honestly, here's what I want. I want Lonzo to get as much opportunity as possible next year, because in my opinion, I think he's the piece. If you're LA, he's the piece that you keep, get rid of everyone else. If you're, if you know, Julius Randall, I don't I mean, you guess you could bring him back, but like, I think he makes bring, the least amount of sense to bring back. Honestly. Yeah. Like, like, what I would do is just bring back a bunch, a bunch of guys who can shoot, some guys who can run in transition, and try to make Lonzo look as good as possible because he's probably the piece that you wanna, you know, you wanna keep around uh, in 2019 when there are, you know, bigger fish in the pond, and you can go after LeBron and Kawhi as just free agents. Here's the thing, though, with with the Lakers, if they don't get anyone this year, like let's, like it's not that they can say. Next year, because their ideal is to get all three of those guys, uh, you know, Kawhi, Paul George, and LeBron. If they wait and say, "Oh, we can't get anyone this year," let's go ahead and try it next year. They won't be able to get all three. Uh, right. They, the way that they would be able to get all three is through making that trade to get, um, you know, to get Kawhi. Because if you make the trade happen, then you know you're able to bring him in, and then from that point, you have you know rights. You can just re resign the guys and go over the tap over the cap and all that stuff but they won't be able to do that with just cap space uh next year so that's one big difference between trying to do things this year and 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 you know trying to do them next year yeah and i agree um you know like the only and the problem with is well dang's contract that's still looming yeah now 
it, it gets easier and easier to wave and stretch the closer he gets to expiration. Um, so, like, that's something to look forward to, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so, is I, there I any, mean, they – what? Is there any chance that they would want to, like, target DeMarcus Cousins this free agency? Like, as, like, a, you know, just to have one in the hand? I mean, I guess you could do that. But are you really going to – like, let's say you go ahead and you get him. You, he's not – I doubt he's going to sign anything that's not long. I think he's going for a long-term contract somewhere. Mm-hmm. And whether whether long-term means three years or, you know, two years and an option or whatever, uh, like, I think he's – I don't think he's just going to do a standard one-year deal. And I think that's a little bit risky on the Lakers' part because let's say you get him and it's apparent he's not back to where he needs mm-hmm. to be. And if, if Boogie's not where he needs to be, how, like – you know, after one year of LeBron waiting, like, is he, is he, is that going to be really an attractive like place to go? If you have to deal with one more year of boogie, I mean, if if he's not good or I don't know that that would be a little bit scary for, for me, if I, if I was Magic Johnson and, and, you know, Rob Palenka. And I I agree. I wouldn't do it either. I would, I I look at DeMarcus. I already said, we mentioned Dallas earlier in the pod with Elkin Um, back in New Orleans makes a lot of sense as well. I think the last thing I talk about with um with the Lakers, and I didn't mention this guy, but if if they are actually like, we said we weren't going to talk about this, but now we're go I'm going there. If they <laughs> go were a tra- if they were a trade for Kawhi, and so LeBron was on board, would you target Chris Paul over Paul George? Would he be a, a, a UFA that you you're interested in? Uh, for me, no. I would rather go with Paul George just because I think they're going to be roughly equivalent as far as money. Mm-hmm. And I've got Lonzo Ball. I, I mean, I... Well, you might not. I, you might not if, it, if that's well, what yeah. it takes. See, that could be the cost of Kawhi. Right. I mean, there are rumors out there that, that the Spurs don't really want any part of Lonzo. Obviously, there's rumors and, you know, everything is flying around right now. But I, I don't... I actually don't see the Spurs being interested in Lonzo because... You know, they have a player, you know, they, they have Deontay Murray there. And he is, you know, ideally their point guard. He's, you know, a, a longer a longer guy, uh, can play good defense like Lonzo as well. Obviously not the passing ability. Uh, and neither one of them is really, you know, all world at shooting. But they kind of already have their guy. And Lonzo alongside of Deontay Murray doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So I would see them looking more at... You know, the Spurs looking more at uh, Brandon Ingram, kind of, you know, to you know be that wing that's taking the place of Kawhi if if they do make in fact make a trade, Kyle Kuzma, and maybe maybe Josh Hart, who knows, uh, and then some first round picks. And so I think Lonzo would be the one that you're kind of stuck with. But honestly, that's who I'd rather. That's who I'd like to be stuck with most if I'm the Lakers because I still think he's going to be really good. And some people have questioned, you know, how is he going to fit in next to LeBron? I think he'll fit in awesomely with LeBron just because imagine both of those guys, their passing abilities. Mm-hmm. And I think it gives LeBron more opportunity to be off ball, which I think, you know, he's improved as a shooter yeah. o- over the past few years, LeBron. And I think that would be a good, just a good situation for him not to have to be ball dominant all the time. Maybe take some, some, you know, a role as a, a, a screener even and the, you know, incredible opportunities you could have just based, based off of that. So I would, I would not go for Chris Paul uh, for, you know, 
the reason that I want Lonzo Ball to be there and because I just don't trust Chris Paul's body at the end of that contract. Yeah, I or feel even that. like or even like one year into that contract. No, so I mean, it's, it's true. Like you, you always worry about if he has to find that extra gear, he's going like to pull a hamstring. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to, yeah, I want to deal with that. So anyways, that's all I really wanted to talk about with, uh, with the Lakers. Yeah. Um, I actually just thought of let, one more, one more thing. Okay, real, real if, if you kind of swing and miss this, like if, if all the things about LeBron quad, none of those guys are going to come. Is, is it conceivable that Lonzo Ball would be the uh, the price to take on a Luol Deng expiring contract for the next season um, if you were trying to move off to get, have, you know, even more space? Or maybe, a, like, a, you know, DeMarcus Cousins signing at a little bit higher. Like, something along those lines where you're not getting him at his, his max money, but more of a value contract when you're considering injuries. Like, is that something that – you you could see happening Lonzo Ball being the tax of Luau Deng. I I I think I'd I think Brandon Ingram might be more of the tax for that or uh you know Kuzma a pick and then Deng like I huh. I just if I'm the Lakers I'm doing everything in my power to not move Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah I, and you know like you said a year down the road it becomes easier just to stretch. Uh, Luol Deng, and you're still not going to be able to get three people. Uh, so you're just bringing in two guys instead of having all three there. It's a, basically the problem with Luol Deng. Even if they make the trade this year and they're unable to unload him, although you you really like to if you're if you're the Lakers, like basically you're just sacrificing some of those like the rest of the roster. Like you're going to have Lonzo Ball. Uh, you know you'll have uh, you know, Paul George. Kawhi and LeBron and then basically just a literally a bunch of minimums like he won't even have the opportunity to get any like mid-level guys really and so uh, I mean and then maybe you can try to move move off of him a year or two down the road but you're, you I guess at that point you're probably stretching him right yeah I got you I just I'm just trying to think of any creative things that are you know not not dependent on LeBron and Paul George coming this season yeah, and I mean, I think next year, regardless, if they don't get anyone this year or next year, they stretch him because there's enough guys in that free agency, next year's free agency pool, that even if you do strike out like two years in a row with those big guys, you're still going to bring in like LA is a place and and you're going to have tons of cap space. So they'll get someone. All right. Let's move on to your next topic, buddy. All right. Next thing I want to talk about is the Warriors. Uh, now, I've you know, people may be tired of the Warriors because, you know, the three and four and it, you know, for at least the next two years, it doesn't quite look like, you know, they're going anywhere. Um, so I want to look, though, at they have, I believe, six roster spots or, or five or six roster spots that are going to be opening because of free agents, you know, this year that are either going to go or whatever. Uh, and so I want to look at a couple of uh, guys who I think might you know, the Warriors might look to, uh, to, to kind of fill that role. I'm just going to throw some names out at you, Ethan. And you tell me if you think they'd be, first of all, a good fit for the Warriors. I think most of these guys would be a good fit in some capacity. Uh, or if you think it's likely that they might take the minimum. And here's one thing that they do have to their, you know, they are one of the teams that are in the tax. This isn't going to be their third year in the tax. And, 
so they they since they're above the tax they have the um taxpayer mid-level exception which is just over five million dollars that they can throw at someone for you know one year two year three years whatever it doesn't really matter but uh so i'll throw some of these names out at you and you can tell me if you think they'd sign for the minimum and you know if you think that they'd be a good fit for the warriors okay uh, first of all, let's go ahead and, and mention some of the guys that are already on the roster that I think that they will bring back. Uh, David West and JaVale McGee. What do you think about those guys? I think those are the bigs you should retain. They both have a, a, a unique role. JaVale McGee is your rim protector and vertical spacing guy. David West is a high post uh, facilitating option and also like kind of a locker room tough guy. He's going to stand up for fellas. He's going to He's going to be good for an 82-game season, whereas his playoff role diminished, but still still valuable. Yeah, and if, even if he's just literally a locker room guy, then, you know, that's worth it to me. He can take the Udonis Haslam, you know, token guy at the end of the bench role. I don't, role, I don't uh, want to hear this. For, for that Warriors team. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, you know, that's why I think those are the two guys. Like, if I were them, I'm moving off of – I don't want Zaza anymore. Um I mean, if you're not, if you didn't use him this year to throw him out to injure someone, you know, what's even the point? So, get rid of Zaza. Um, I, I don't think they'll be able to bring back Kavon Looney just because you know, they have the option to, well, to pick up his, uh, you know, pick up his option. Uh, I think earlier on, but they chose against it, mm-hmm. and they're probably a little unhappy with themselves because it would have been pretty cheap. Uh, but I guess at that point they really didn't know what they wanted or what they needed. And he's probably going to be too expensive unless, you know, he doesn't find a home somewhere and the contract elsewhere is going to be similar to what he'd make there. Maybe you'll get him for, you know, one year on the minimum. But I I think he walks. Um, uh, Patrick McCaw is an interesting one uh, out out there. And I think he's he's restricted, right? Uh, Yes. He's one of those guys. He's coming up his rookie year. He's restricted. He only had a two-year deal because they were they were in the uh, like up against the tax. They're over the cap when they drafted him, and when that happens, you can only offer two-year contracts to your rook your second-round rookies. So that's kind of where they got squeezed on this guy and also uh, Jordan Bell. So Jordan Bell will be a free agent at the end of this season. Yeah, although I think like with him, you know, with them having the tax rate mid-level exception, and you know, they who knows that's. Yeah, that'll be an interesting scenario when they get there. But I think that they're more willing to pay Jordan Bell than they are uh, Patrick Call. Correct. Um, I, in my opinion, I think he's someone who walks because I think someone offers him a contract, even if it's not huge. Like if it's, I don't think that the Warriors want to use the mid-level exception or you know on Pat Patrick McCall. Um, as yeah. much as I think they. Liked. I I just think he he's going to be one of those casualties as well. Yeah, if you're a team like the Hawks, who have a former Warrior uh, front office guy, why not bring yeah. in Patrick McCall? Uh, three years, twelve million. Three years, fifteen. Just yeah. bring in a guy and say, hey, look, this guy's he knows how to. He's been on a winner. Like let's 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 just put him in. You know, for twenty minutes a game, twenty uh, up to thirty if he performs well. Give, give some of those young guns a, a guy that, like, they can, you know, if nothing else, just look at him and be like, hey, you know, he, he came in the league as nothing, now he's a two-time champion. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's the Ian Clark of, of this year who's they just because, you know, 
someone else gives him the opportunity. Right. And so I, I forget who else are there other free agents outside of that. I don't have the list in front of me, but mm. uh, th- those are the main. Well, I guess Swaggy P is probably one of them. And I think that the Swaggy P experiment, even though he did get some minutes, I think that they'd rather look elsewhere at this point. Yeah, I I can't imagine him wanting to pl- uh, play for the minimum to stay in Golden State, where it didn't look yeah. like he had a lot of fun this year until the Me- championship came. Um, and I don't think they want to put any kind of uh, – I don't think they want to put any kind of uh, $5 million mid-level thing for him. No, no. He, he's not the one that you that you throw that at, in my opinion. So, anyways, those are all those guys. Yeah. Um, for, so, now let me go ahead – they got Quinn Cook mm-hmm. back for a second yes. year already. That is very fortunate. Yeah, I think that will be really helpful for them to have Quinn Cook. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and go outside of the uh, Golden State Warriors organization. And I only picked one center that I think that they may – I mean, I don't know if they have interest in him, but I think that he'd be a good fit there. And that one center would be uh, Aaron Baines. What do you think about him? Uh, Aaron Baines is going to get paid elsewhere. Um, good fit. You do? You think so? I, I – you know, I don't know where the, the Celtics stand in their cap situation, but I cannot imagine them letting Baines walk for what the Warriors can offer him. And I think he would stay in Boston um, if they're offering the same okay. contract. I think he might too. The, the thing is, they, they're they also in a little bit of a tight squeeze uh, with, with their salary cap situation, you know, after making the trades and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, they... You know, do have Daniel Tice coming up in the ranks, and I think they may want to give him some more, some more minutes coming up. Uh, they just drafted, uh, you know, Robert Williams. Yeah. So it, it just depends on what what they want to. I mean, they may just not find a need for him, especially with Gordon Hayward coming back. Maybe going to you know more small ball lineups. So I mean, if Boston doesn't doesn't resign him, I'm looking. I I think to some of the other teams and. He's the type of guy who you get if, if there's a cent, you know, if, if you're a contender, like you don't go out and get him probably. Like he does, like I, I just see a team that's a contender that would want to go out and get him and think about the screens that he could set for, for Clay and Steph, you know, on the times when he gets out there. I, I think yeah. that would be a decent role for him. And he can shoot mid range. So, um, and I guess the corner three now. So that that's, that's fun. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's a, a, a good pick for a center. I still think someone like someone would give yeah. him a little bit more money. Just I would I would think so, but who knows? Yeah, I, I don't either. But I, I that's a good that's a good that's a good try if nothing else. Yeah, I think I mean other than that, I mean it, there's no other center out there that really it, it would look enticing to me. I guess at that point, if you want to bring Zaza back, go ahead. But I, I don't want his I don't want to see Zaza on that team anymore. He doesn't need any more rings. Um, if, if, if for whatever reason, uh, JaVale didn't want to come back for the yeah. minimum, mm-hmm. th- throw, th- throw that minimum offer at Alex Lynn. Cause he's the same oh, kind of true. JaVale character. That's um, true. Okay. you know, you're not JaVale, like JaVale had a, you know, $10 million salary for three seasons at one point in his career. He's mm-hmm. made a lot more money. So he, he's not in the need for that payday. Alex Lynn is, but if you could, if you're Alex Lynn, you're not getting an offer and JaVale's spot, minutes spot, you know, type of, uh, play styles available. Alex Lynn's a kind of athletic guy. Also, Neurons Noel, if he wants to go there, like that's all those yeah. guys who who should probably get better offers than the five million. Alex Lynn, maybe not, but those guys who are like still need a, like a prove it deal. Like, mm-hmm. why not go to the Warriors and 
prove it there. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, all right. So the next one, I'm going to go to my only power forward that I have on the list. And this would bring me sadness if this were to happen. But Anthony Tolliver, Tolliver would be awesome. Most awesome. Because he was one of the best three-point shooters in the entire league last year. And if you are able to bring him off the bench, maybe he's like a big that you have in that rotation. Um, he can mm-hmm. play some semblance of defense. So, you know, uh, and just being able to spread the floor like that, catch and shoot, like that would be awesome for them. And I think, you know, if, if the Warriors were to offer him, him the minimum, like uh, the Pistons probably can, they probably will as well, at least. But if the Pistons go, don't go much more than that, like the Warriors, I mean, I think he would yeah. rather go to the Warriors if, if money is even because, you know, get yourself more in the spotlight. Maybe you can make a few more million after that or just get rings, you know? Yeah, totally agree. He's he's another one of those guys who probably should get paid more than minimum, but with all the, the cap tightening, it's just not not practical for someone to offer him that much when he's not when – especially when he's yeah. aging. Yeah, I, yeah I he's I was, in the mid, mid, mid-30s, yeah. I mean, if I'm him, like, I, if I can stay in Detroit and make – even if it's a hair more money because – I mean, they they don't they have non bird rights on, so it's not like they can pay him more. But if if I if I was told I'm gonna get like 30 minutes a game in Detroit versus 20 in Golden State, I'll, I'm t- I'm me personally, I'm taking the 30 and paying Michigan taxes versus California. Well, I mean, he's probably taxes. gonna only get like 20. He's probably only gonna get 20 well, in Detroit with our you know. I look, I look with at him Blake Griffin and playing, Andre Drummond. Yeah, I look at him as playing next to Blake Griffin and Blake Griffin playing some center minutes, honestly. Yeah, that, that's that's true. I think that that's a fun lineup. I mean, Pretty I, big rotation, baby. Oh yeah. Oh totally. You know it. Um, so. Anyways, he's he's the only power forward I have. I'm you know, I'm kind of the rest of these guys kind of going off the mantra of the Warriors want to get, um, well for some of these guys uh, fitting the mold of you know wings that are younger. Um, there's a couple of you know old guys I have just because uh, maybe mm-hmm. they want to be just be ring chasers. Uh, and and the first guy I got uh, who's you know older is Jamal Crawford. I mean, maybe he comes in in the swaggy P-roll this year, uh, you know, of no defense, and let me just put up shots. No, thank and, you. you know, I mean, you know, you don't think that'd be a good fit? I think it's a terrible idea. Okay, that's fine. I, I just, At least I, swaggy P, like, can take a, a bump in the chest. Of course, Jamal Crawford will flop and end up on his back, so maybe that'll work out better. But <laughs> I, I would – I mean, it would be fitting if I want to, like, mold into, like, a, I hate the Warriors thing uh-huh. more so than I already am. Like, just add Jamal Crawford. That would help. <laughs> he, so he's my least favorite out of all the rest of these guys. Um, okay. Now, next one, the next one uh, might require you to use uh, part of the mid-level exceptions because I think he's going to get offers elsewhere. But if you were to give him like, a pretty good chunk of that or, or the whole thing, uh then I think it would fit your guy Wayne Ellington. Mm, yeah, he makes too much sense because he yeah. can he, he he would just run around. Um, you, you you can't leave him. He he'd get so much more open looks. Like it 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 makes a lot of sense. But I I'd like to think that like the Heat right now have two million dollars in cap space, which should not be enough to retain him. But if they were to make any kind of cap saving move, whether it be trading James Johnson just for a slightly lower salary, Kelly Olynyk, same concept. Um, Hassan Whiteside, if it was like an Evan Turner, like I, I, I think the Heat really want to retain him at his current wage, which mm-hmm. would be more than the Warriors can offer. 
And I, I yeah. can still see the Heat making that offer, get bringing him back, and then trying to figure out how to get off the money to dip under the tax, which they will eventually figure out. Yeah, I mean, they could they could very well try to do that. The only thing is you already kind of have a lot of people there uh, at that position, and you're expecting, you know, our guy to, to be back there. So there just could – they may – obviously, you, he's the guy you would like to retain if, yeah. if you're Miami – just on the chance that, that they say, well, we don't really have a clear path to get off of some of this money. We already have five shooting guards. Uh, <laughs> maybe let's go ahead and, and just, you know, let, right. let, let him go. I think I don't think he'll he'll be someone who actually goes to the Warriors just because I do think someone else will offer him more money. Uh, I think the Sixers would be a viable yeah. option. Um, Okay, yeah, that, that would be something I think if they don't go the J.J. Redick route or whatever happens with LeBron and Paul George and Kawhi. I uh, also think Indiana could be a decent spot for him now that uh, Lance Stevenson is, you know, not, not coming back there. Yeah. But I think that if he were to go to the Warriors, that would be, uh, again, awesome, just an awesome fit. It would be scary because he, he, he's, he's one of the few places Wayne Ellington won't be the best shooter on the court. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, also, I mentioned Lance Stevenson. <laughs> what do you think about Lance going to the Warriors? What would that be like? Oh, man. Lance makes a little bit of sense because you could pair him out there with Clay, Steph, and KD, and all of a sudden, like, the fact that he's not a good shooter doesn't matter anymore. Uh, defensively, a yeah. pass, I would, I'd be really concerned about locker room problems between him and Draymond Green. Uh, so that that, hilarious. that that seems super explosive, and I I would even though they probably would be fine, I don't want to mess with that at all. I mean, I'd rather have him than Dwight, but like I, I just think it'd be super funny. <laughs> that would be funny, but then like all right, so the next Warriors go ahead. Be slightly lovable because like Lance is like even though like he's hateable, he's also lovable. Yeah, especially when he faces off against LeBron. Anyways, um, another one that I think would be fun would be Seth Curry. Imagine pairing him up with, you know, brother Steph. Imagine both of them running around screens because he can shoot. And if you maybe you can, you know, they they go with the wrong Curry that that could be just, you know, interesting, I guess. Seth Curry is my heat pipe dream that we somehow get off some money so we can bring him in. And then like he just turns into our starter when Dragic, um, you know, contract expires and he's aged enough that we don't want to pay him. And he goes oh. and plays with Igor Kuskoskov as a uh, as a backup point guard for the Suns. Oh, um, man. So like I've already like he's my pipe dream because I just think he'd fit really nice next to a Justice Winslow and Josh Richardson as a ball handler and spot up shooter. But yeah, no, yeah, of course that he makes a lot of sense going to the Warriors. Uh, go get a lot of shots. You could bump up your stats. Repair him with his former Duke. Uh, teammate Quinn Cook, yeah, it makes too much sense. And his brother, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know, it'd be, but it'd be, it'd be yeah. great to see him go there. I think it'd be real fun. He has to change his um, number though, and that does not sound like a fun thing. That's true. That's true. Maybe he can go like, is it possible to be like zero three? Because then that would really, you know, be screwy with some of the, that would be you know, awful. other team. You, we should hang on the podcast for that comment. Yes, we should. <laughs> um, all right, so the next one. This is one where I think you'd also have to offer him a bit of the uh, mid-level exception, you know, taxpayer mid-level exception. But I think it'd be just, I think it'd be really fun. Avery Bradley. 
Imagine him there. I'd rather not. Somebody <laughs> pay that like, man just to not let that happen. Like if, if he went there, you'd well he's he's the perfect defender against Steph Curry. So you are basically saying we don't have to deal with that. I could see the Rockets trying to go for uh for Avery Bradley as well, just because he would need to do nothing except for stand in the corner and shoot, which fits his you know role better than coming off of dribble handoffs in Detroit. Uh huh. well but I think yeah, I mean him on the Warriors or the Rockets would be really really um, would just make them a whole lot better. I think the problem with Avery Bradley is he still thinks he's the number one player in high school and he's supposed to be the an offensive guy. And he hasn't like realized that that's not his role in the NBA. Cause like, I think part of the reason he was so happy to go to Detroit after like Boston kind of act next, like got him out of there. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be the feature on offense now. And he, he failed miserably in that role. Now, if he, if he can recalibrate and understand what his role should be, this is going to work out swimmingly. But um, I kind of still imagine him wanting to go to a team where he gets to be a little bit more of a feature part of an offense where he's getting to handle the ball and dribble into mid-range jump shots like he did his last year in Boston. Yeah, I mean, the, the part of him in Detroit that was, I mean, obviously we tried to get him more of an expanded role in that regard, and yeah, it didn't work out, and maybe he can take that as a learning experience. But also the Detroit training staff really messed things up with him. His hip was messed up if you look at Detroit's training staff and what the, some of the decisions that they've made and things that they've done bring some guys back too early you know Reggie Jackson being one other one that comes to mind that like we kind of really mishandled that situation um so well hopefully he'll be you know back to being healthy uh he finished you know the season off being injured uh, I think that if he were to recognize hey let me go ahead and just be off ball spot up shoot you know be a pest on defense I think Again, the Warriors would be a good spot, and Houston as well. Yeah, I hope that neither of those things happen. Unless it's like – Houston I'd tolerate because then it'd make them hopefully better to face the Warriors so I could get over it, but – Yeah, I yeah, know. I think that'd be that would that'd be more fun for just, you know, competitiveness. Yeah, I'm more inter- – um, I'm interested in those teams getting worse, not necessarily better, or at least the uh, entire league being able to catch up to them. Well, I, I, I would prefer make them the exponentially Houston better. to get better. Just, you know, if they – yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so my last person that I, I've got here is, um, and you'd probably have to offer him, I think he wants lots of money, um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Yeah, no uh, no chance, Richard. Just go away. I, I, I mean, here's the thing. If the Lakers uh, get their guys, right, then KCP is not getting paid by – I think the Lakers are the only team who would really dig deep into their pockets to pay KCP and only be for a one-year deal if they don't get their free agents and don't get their guys this year. But if they don't, what other team out there is going to say, you know what, let's go ahead and pay KCP more than $5 million for this year. Or five, you know, like what team is, is wanting to do that that has cap space? Um, I would say Sacramento would be a team that could do that because they're Sacramento. Yeah, but they also like who did I just see that they were interested in signing? Uh, I, I saw on Twitter today. Well, no I, I forget you who saw. it was. I know. I sorry <laughs> about that. I can't. I can't find it very easily. But it was. Uh, it was. It was one of those like. Oh, of course. That that's definitely a king's move. Um, I, I would say that, uh, another team. If if Dallas were to 
go via the way via trade for a center. So like Wesley Matthews would right. probably be on the way out, and they would retain yeah. cap space. They would make a they'd make a lot of sense for a KCP trade. That's so true. Those two teams right there, Kings because they're the Kings, Mavericks as a as a Wesley Matthews replacement. Like imagine if they traded for DeAndre Jordan or Hassan Whiteside. All of a sudden, you still have quite a bit of cap space sitting there. It would make a lot of sense to then replace Kate, uh, Wesley Matthews uh, with with uh, one KCP because they're very comparable players. It's it's true, but I I look at you know someone like we, we mentioned Wayne Ellington earlier and and JJ Reddick's going to be getting some money from somewhere like the, and Avery Bradley will somewhere as well like some of these like some of these spots for shooting guards could dry up and and like. I think all three of those guys you would probably be more people would might want them more than KCP. And I I could just see a situation Not maybe not, maybe it's not likely, but I could see a situation where some of those roles and some of those spots go to other people. If KCP really wanted to, you know, rehab his, um, you know, value for next year, which is where he'll actually get paid. uh, The Warriors would be a logical place for him to do that in my eyes. That's fair. Um, nope. <laughs> fair enough. I, I, Maybe yeah, the Suns. Basically, Maybe the Suns will give him all their cap space. Uh, yeah, he can play I, the three to close games next to Booker and the French guy. Yeah, but but they they have. I mean, yeah, Mikael Josh Bridges and Josh the, Jackson. That's true. They've they've put a lot of resources into that three spot now, haven't they? They have. I yeah, and he's more of a he's more of a two, which you know. Booker, I agree. So. I just I think he's a game closing three though. Mm-hmm. That's so, what everyone is nowadays. I think, yeah, I have a slide everyone up one position essentially. Um, okay, so the last thing that I want to mention uh, today, Ethan, is just uh, it also goes along with the Warriors and the fact that this summer is a really important summer for them because number one, KD, you know, you're, you're figuring out what kind of contract KD is going to get and. I mean, obviously there was there was a rumor out today that LeBron tried to text Katie to get him to join yeah. him in LA. I don't buy that. I don't buy Katie doing that. Um, I've, and I've, I've recently seen a post also saying that that was actually not true, un, okay. an unsourced, and not properly vetted sourced uh, take by Stephen A. So who knows what oh. that is, is with that? Yeah, I, yeah. So I don't see him doing that. I see him sticking around. The question is number one, and I think this decision right here by KD will really determine the like how long the Warriors remain atop like the league as like the the guys the number one team and just how, how long is KD's contract going to be is he going to say you know what this is where I want to be let me go ahead and sign a four-year deal um, if he does that then you know I think it pretty much cements the Warriors as the top team for the, like you know maybe the next four years even uh or at least having them in the discussion there. But what if KD says, you know, let me go ahead and keep doing the one plus one. Cause I know even if I get injured or whatever, I, I'm going to have value. Um, and so if, if they do that, I, I could, if KD does, does that move one plus one, then that makes me think, well, I mean, a couple of years, Kevin Durant may want to leave and, and go somewhere else. And like, I think he's the most likely to leave uh like of his own volition like i think he's right. the one who would leave first out of the, the core four guys i mean I, I mean i could see the moving off of draymond in a trade 
Um, but I think Clay's going to stick around for you know the whole time just because I think he's like yeah, values lo- loyalty. He, he seems very happy with where he's at the line. I, I do, and so I, that's a very important thing for uh, for the Warriors this year. You know, how long is Kevin Durant's contract? And this, you know, th- this is their earliest opportunity to extend Clay Thompson mm-hmm. because Clay has one more year after this. And the, the next question is, well, how much is Clay going to want? How much is he going to be willing to sacrifice? Because, you know, he could say, you know, give me the full max and the Warriors would probably do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he does that, then they're going to have to make some serious decisions with, you know, Draymond and everything else, because this is their third year in the tax. They paid the repeater tax this past year. They'll do it again. And that bill can get really big, really fast. Yes, indeed. And and with Steph Curry's contract increasing, Kevin Durant's will as well. And like, I feel as though they might have to make a decision. At least that's what I thought for um, a little bit. And they still might have to. But Woj tweeted something out a couple of days ago, might have been yesterday, that the NBA uh, adjusted uh, the owner's debt limit. So the way that it works is, you know, when you pay when you end up paying the tax and stuff, like it kind of goes to the, you know, to the NBA. And, and before this only, you know, 250 million was the, was the debt limit. So, you know, this is just so that, you know, the Warriors may not have to throw out all, you know, their whole salary, you know, all, all their fees and stuff. They don't have to pay them right now, but you know, they can, you know, do it over a number of years. Well, the, you know, with them being a repeater tax team, they would be close to, you know, $300 million in, in, uh, you know, in, in expenses. But now with it's being raised up to 300 and I believe $325 million. So it, it theoretically just makes life a little bit easier on owners who have to kind of pay that. So I was initially thinking when I was thinking about this podcast and, uh, about how this summer was really important with the amount of money that some of these people sign with, it made me wonder, well, could Draymond be on the way out soon? Um, depending on Clay Thompson, depending on how long Kevin Durant stays. But uh, I think that with this change, um, you know, and maybe if Kevin Durant, you know, says four years or three years or whatever he does, it may make, the owners be willing to pay pay that much money because it's not really going to affect them quite as much right here right now gotcha yeah i mean i it's one of those things like i'm gonna i'm gonna think more about that once all these contracts come yes through, you know because spend so much time in like trying to break down what kevin Durant's going to do in terms of years not is is just kind of waste of time right now unless he changes teams which right uh, i'm Sorry for the listeners. I'm going to rehash this. I talked to Elkin about this very briefly, but it's, it's a take I had as soon as the uh, finals was over. And um, I'm going to break it to you here now, Richard. Um, yeah, tell me, tell me. If Kevin Durant wants to catch LeBron and greatest player, you know, of, of this time, what better way to do it than join join LeBron and be the best player on the team? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like Le- LeBron, you know, his his arrogance would be like, "There's no way anyone's gonna catch me in, in this generation. I'm our, I'm only competing with Michael." So he welcomes all the help. 
and all all he all he does is open the door for Durant to prove that he's actually better. Like, and that's the one way for Kevin Durant to ever actually eclipse LeBron. As long as he's winning titles with with Golden State, everyone's like, nope, I'm sorry, that's not your team. Like, yeah, you're a winner. Congratulations. I and I'm very happy that you're happy, but you're 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 not proving to me how good you are by playing with a, a team that's so stacked. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I agree with that. Like, I think that if he were to stick with the Warriors, no matter how many rings he gets, he's kind of it's going to be kind of looked at from the outside. I don't know if Kevin Durant cares about this or not, but it could be looked at as, oh, you know, he he sold out. He you know went there. It's his rings aren't as legitimate or whatever. But I mean, people are going to say whatever they want. I mean, mm-hmm. the, how awesome LeBron's been. He gets tons of flack. So um I don't know if I agree with you that him going to join LeBron would really make that happen just because people will say, oh, well, if Kevin Durant begins to take the wheel, oh, well, he's, you know, still, quote unquote, in his prime on LeBron. It may be getting to the point where he's you know like leaving his prime. And so it's kind of a passing of the torch, as you will. But that doesn't mean that I think KD would be able to surpass. I think what would make what would kind of cement that is if he were to leave and go somewhere else, say New York. Right. Yeah. And bring the Knicks a title because, you know, if you go to New York and you do that, like that would be huge. Yeah. So I think he would need to do something like that in order to usurp LeBron. But maybe it's let's join LeBron for a year or two, then maybe go to, uh, you know, a- another team and, and yeah. make it my own team. But, you know, I'm not I don't again, they're speculating as if I know what what Kevin Durant wants to do with his life. So, right. No, it was literally just a thought of like, well, you know, he scored 51 points in the finals and clearly was the best player in that game. And then after that, like all hope was kind of lost. And, you know, he punched a wall or whiteboard, blackboard, whatever. And his hand was a little little messed up, but not not a great excuse. But if Kevin's going to like, you know, oh, I joined him when he was the best player in the league. And with it, by the end of the year, you knew I was the best player in the league. So what now? Like, it's just it's just that kind of thing, you know. Like it's it's not like a real argument. Like LeBron James is the best player of all time for me, no matter like at this point until someone else sh- comes up. But like I was just saying, like how can Kevin Durant like you know usurp some power from LeBron? And that was like the only way I could actually think of because as long as he's in Golden State, to me, he's just he's still a beta. He's got to do something. You can go play like the thing is you can go play the song alongside LeBron. Like if they added Kawhi then too, I'd be like, oh no, plans off, doesn't work. But if it was just him and LeBron, you know, teaming up, it'd be a little bit different. Cause... So I saw this on Twitter. I, I don't know who to give credit to for this, uh, but this is not my original idea. But someone was like, what what if LeBron were to, you know, try to do this and get get Kevin Durant to try to go to the Warriors and then pull a DeAndre Jordan last minute and like say, you know, after KD signs, like, yeah, I'm not going to sign. I'm going to go back to Cleveland and then, you know, build, I guess, whatever his next run is and then try to take them down the Warriors because he dismembered them by, you know, moving Kevin Durant out of there. I think like I saw that. I was like, man, that'd be hilarious. But, you know, also not going to happen. Yeah. To be honest, I'm, I'm more interested in like how, some of our more you niche know, teams like in Utah, which, you know, you'll get to listen to me and Elkins portion of that. Yep. Like how those guys are going to approach their free agency when obviously their window is, is beginning to be visible, but not open yet. Cause the Warriors still in the, in the Rockets still just vastly dominant over the rest of the league. Yeah. My most, and, and this is the last thing I want to say that night we can get out of here. 
Uh, my the most intriguing team for me this offseason is Elkins and Indiana Pacers. I'm really curious as to what they're going to do, uh, yeah, who they're going to go too. after, who they're going to fit in. Yeah, I, I look forward to listening to that part because they're they're the most interesting team in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, outside I, of the whole I, LeBron fiasco, but yeah, I I, th- I think they're very interesting too. I think Dallas, like, the teams we talked about today, are the ones I thought like just without any other changes happening, they were going to be super entertained to see how things unfold. Totally, totally. Well, that's all I got, Ethan. Good talking with you.